Hello, hello, and welcome to episode nine of the Art Proof Podcast. Hope you're all holding it together and finding ways to fill up your days. We've been managing to find the time to record episodes and get them out a bit quicker between making banana bread and re-watching The Sopranos. This time we're joined by Ben Murphy and Nick Thompson of Delphian Gallery and artist Lucia Ferrari. Delphian is a nomadic gallery founded in 2017 with a focus on pioneering emerging contemporary art. Their hugely popular open call, which happens annually, has gained them a huge online following and given them the wherewithal to support the winners as well as runners-up. We talked to them about Delphian's recent lockdown editions, which Lucia is part of as well as being an entry to this year's open call. The editions are a series of prints released by Delphian with 100% of the profits going to the artists in hope that they can help them through this turbulent time. We also speak to them about how they're keeping busy during lockdown and also what the most significant changes to their practices have been. As always, listen through to the end for how to get in touch and we hope you enjoy the show. Have you got a studio set up at home then? I'm actually in it. It's uh, quite a laughable one. But um, my dad's a plumber, so there's always tools around and he's got his own little garage. So that's become my garage. All right. Very tactical. Very tactical. But every tool I could ever want under the sun, things I didn't even need to use, I use. Right. I'm currently in my mum's kitchen. That's my studio at the moment. Have you painted it yet? No, I don't have any paint. Didn't bring anything back with me apart from a biro. So and I've got a, a question a, about that. So why why go back? Like why be separated from all your stuff and from art materials and all the rest of it? Came back for Mother's Day and then I got trapped here. Yeah, like a <laughs> month ago. Uh, she's loving having you back. It's kind of nice. So what have you guys been doing to keep yourself busy during lockdown? Until I get up, I've got into a bit of a routine of have a coffee, come into the studio, put her around, clean up every day, but it never gets cleaned, it becomes more messy. And I just, I try and keep myself on the straight and narrow. So in the morning, I'll do a bit of sculpture. In the evening, I'll paint or draw. And I think splitting my day up like that has really helped. It just, it helps like my practice and just not getting bored. It's specifically when work and home is the same place currently. Right. So are you, are you finding it useful having the studio so close to the house rather than having to go somewhere to paint? Yeah, absolutely. I come. I think all I do is get up, change my pajamas into another pair of pajamas, and come to work. <laughs> More than me. More than me. Usually. <laughs> what, what about you guys, in Nick and Ben? Yeah. So like lockdown for you. You're now in different cities, and um, you've had to cancel a show. So like, how how's it working out for you guys? So yeah, it really sucks like having to postpone stuff. Obviously, but it will happen once. Um, once everything's sort of gone away but um yeah how, so how many shows was it that you postponed uh because... two so far okay. but it will be come, creeping into three soon is um it paris yeah paris for florence hutchings which was meant to be in march and then nettle grelier and george lloyd jones which was meant to be in the beginning of april which is so that's postponed as well um and then the open call show was meant to be in june so that's creeping up soon as well so we'll see the gallery doesn't have staff and it doesn't have overheads. Do you think this is kind of the saving grace for the gallery? Because I know a lot of galleries are in turbulent times because they have more to worry about. I think we're definitely fortunate in that sense that this isn't as derailing for us as it is for a lot of galleries. Yeah, I think I really hope that galleries don't have to close because of this, but I can imagine some might have to. Um, so let's talk about the prints. How did the idea about the lockdown editions come about? So we planned to do some prints anyway, because obviously we're 
postponing shows and stuff. So where you've got to kind of do something to keep moving forward. And so we thought prints is a nice way of doing that without having to kind of force people to meet each other. So we thought prints was a nice idea because it's it's nice and easy and quick to do. And people at the moment are obviously reining in their spending. So we thought we want to do something that kind of supports artists um, in this turbulent time. So we thought something affordable and accessible is the right way to do that. And then we were thinking about about what we can do more than that to help. So we thought, well, actually, maybe because we're in a fortunate position and it's this isn't threatening to cripple us in the same way that it might be to others, we thought, well, the best way that we can help is just to forego our percentage of sales. So we're not taking a cut sales, basically, for the for the duration of the lockdown. How many prints are you planning for this lockdown? It's going to go on indefinitely. So we've launched with four today, and then there'll be one new one every week. So, yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, we'll just go on as long as this goes on, really. And how, how have you chosen your artists for this group? So we, we have, like, a big spreadsheet of people we want to work with. And so we were just sort of going through it and seeing uh, people that would work well with prints. And when did you first come across Lucia's work? Um, I don't know. We met you in a pub, didn't we, with Florence and Danny? Yeah. yeah. We met in a pub and we just like keep on walking by each other at like openings and stuff. Well, we, yes. we say hi. We don't just walk past each other. <laughs> <laughs> we say hello. Look away, look away, Lucia. <laughs> was there was there any criteria to choosing the artist was it purely down to work that you liked or was there any idea of artists who were perhaps more deserving or much more in need of help well firstly, firstly it's this, this big spreadsheet and these this list of artists there's always more artists that we want to work with than there is time we have to work with artists so this is a good way of working with a lot of people who we've been thinking about working with for some time. In terms of who is more or less deserving, I don't think it's really our place to means test people or decide who is or who isn't more deserving because I, I don't know how that would work for a start, like some kind of X Factor style auditions or something. So I think we just decided to work with artists who we wanted to work with and we thought, let's just not take a percentage um, from those artists. Lucy, can you speak a little bit about what appealed to you about working with Delphine Gallery? I mean, I've known the, um, both Nick and Ben for a while. Um, so there was that relation there anyway. Um, right. But in terms of working with Delphine, I think they're doing amazing for emerging artists. I've seen people that, especially with the open call um, that they do every year, I've seen people have the solo show at the open call and they've literally just soared right. with their own yeah. Have you ever entered that open call yourself before? I entered past this year. Years? Past years I haven't. This year was the first year I entered the open call. I just didn't feel like I was at a place to enter. Um, right. Yeah. Um, previously, but yeah, this year was the first year I entered. Um, so I guess we hear from about that in the next couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you, yeah, it's we, looking good. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> well, when are judging? There's, we've got a panel of judges, um, and we don't know who they're going to pick. Obviously, so it's, uh, it's not down to us. Um, yeah, but it is still <laughs> happening. Um, yeah, because a lot of people have been asking whether it's like being cancelled this year and stuff, but it is still happening, and winners will be announced sometime in May. So uh, yeah, that's with the judging panel at the moment. We're not 
Kristen Yelgerder from Kristen Yelgerder Gallery. And we've got Henrik Uldalen, the painter. Rhiannon Salisbury, who won it last year. And Wing Shan Smith, who we work with often. Is that it, Nick? Is that Yeah, more? no, and Tabish Khan. Oh, yeah, Tabish Khan from, um, well, he's a freelance writer, but he writes for Londonist and Fad and various other people. And is this the first time you've all worked together, you three? Yeah. Yeah, first yeah. time. Right, and Lucia, have you had any other stuff cancelled due to the situation? Do you know, um, so I work a nine-to-five. I work for an auction house. So I haven't had the time to be making art because that's mm-hmm. my nine-to-five. Um, so, so I haven't really had anything cancelled through lockdown where I've been furloughed and I'm literally wow. just concentrating on making work. So many opportunities have like come bouncing to me. Maybe I never have to go back to work. That'd be nice. Which auction house? <laughs> <laughs> How long did you know you've been painting? Uh, I've only been painting a couple of years. Okay, so where's where's that come from then? Where's that come from? How come? What happened in the last couple of years that spurred on trying out painting? I moved to Venice, and I think it was the firstly the um, like the Duomo and stuff, like in San Marco Square, because I lived right in St Mark's Square. Amazing. What what were you doing in Venice at the time, sorry? Um, working at the Biennale. So you knew you wanted to be involved in art in some way? It yeah, wasn't so a total left, right? No, no, I worked in, um, I studied at Slade. It's just mm. beforehand I was quite um, conceptual, sculptural. Oh, um, okay. Moving to Venice completely changed my practice. Right. Um, into quite a figurative paintings, really. It's my way of just jotting down like ideas and things to come, then come home to make conceptual work. But the process and the paintings and the drawings completely spoke for themselves. So after that point, I then just painted and make the sculptures. But it's all like quite figurative. Um, and then that's what I ended up doing my degree show at Slade in. So I ended up taking a complete U-turn. Like learning to paint in nine months is intense. <laughs> I bet. And uh, how did you choose upon this image for the print? Uh, was that a hard decision or did you know straight away when they approached you? Well, it was the one that actually Ben and Nick suggested, but I think it's actually... Oh, OK. It encapsulates um, the whole of lockdown the best because what I was thinking about was like just liberty and how our freedom has kind of been stripped away from us within reason although it's for a good cause and seeing your friends partners like so many of my like partners are like split up in this situation oh really oh wow not like not split up as in not together like split up. oh sorry they broke quick i'm glad to hear they're all still together that's good <laughs> apparently there's been a lot of um divorces in yeah. china once the lockdown how oh, do they get the divorce through so quick? How do they get divorced? No, through they, so they, they instigate it afterwards, don't they? Right, yeah. Oh, I've been relaxed. hearing things like that, but it's like, how is everything closed but the divorce office? And are more than one of you allowed to be in the uh, divorce office at any one time? Or do you have to go separately? <laughs> ben, Nick, sorry, just to get back on track. How Did you do that with most of the artists? Did you sort of suggest an image of their work that you'd seen and you liked? Or yeah, how did you approach it? Yeah, we went through existing works that we'd seen and uh, went for works that we thought would work well for the project. Yeah, yeah. so we suggested and, and then see whether the artist was on board with that image. A few of them asked if they could make new works. 
So Either there's a okay. couple. The next one's making new works. BD Graph made made his piece fresh, but yeah, so it kind of varies. Yeah, right. And is it always same measurements, same cost pricing? <clears throat> sorry. Uh, same pricing, always the same pricing. So 100 pounds. Um, they're mostly A3. There's one in this initial four that is uh, A4, but they're mainly A3. Yeah. That was just due to the size of the image that we could get from the artist in yeah. time. But, right. yeah. And then you're having them up on the website for seven days, isn't it? 30 so days. Is it 30 days? <clears throat> yes. Oh, I, I thought it was a new artist every seven days. Yeah, so some of them will overlap. So they'll be oh, up. Sorry. Each, each artist will be up for 30 days, and then each week a new artist is released. So um, there'll always be a bank of images and growing up until so like four yeah. weeks. Then. Yeah. The edition size, it's like an open edition, isn't it? Yeah, so basically, uh, or it's, timed edition. It's sorry. timed, yeah. So for that thirty days, however many images, however many prints sell during that, then becomes the number of the edition. So the ten benefit, sales. The benefit, ten. Of the, the benefit there is that you've got, like, if if someone wants one, there's more than enough time for them to get one, and having yeah. to rush out or or potentially miss out on an image that they really like or not, it's what they want to buy. It's yeah, it's, definitely. Yeah. Also, we we didn't want to arbitrarily choose a number of how many was going to be in the edition and then that would limit how much money these artists are able to make because right. that's essentially what this is for right we wanted to make an accessible affordable print for artists to sell and make money with basically to tide them through this difficult time so we thought if we set the edition number at 10 say or however many 20 that might limit how much money these people can make and and why would we want to do that so we thought 30 days is a good amount of time for them to sell as many as they can. And then that 30 days still gives it some exclusivity. And when will it be sent out? Is it sort of logistically quite difficult because you're not sort of present to proof things and you're all in so, the country? So, yeah, it's, I mean, it would be tricky, but we, we have all our prints printed at the print space and they've got a system where it links in with our online store. So whenever anyone orders a print, it automatically sends the order to them and they print it and ship it directly to the customer. There's no contact between anybody, which is also why they're unsigned as well. So they, they come with a certificate of authenticity, which we will send out separately, sending the prints to the artist who then have to send them on and stuff, introduce logistical nightmare because you'd have to go to the post office and see people. And so it's a bit of a, that was a bit tricky. But um, so we each print, we get a test done beforehand so we can check the quality of it. Mm. And then once we've done that, then... Away they go. Can people can order as many as they want? And does it oh, vary? Does each print vary? Are they print it. They different techniques used. They're all G clay prints. Yeah, and they're all on the same paper stocks as well. It's on a Hallamuller photo rag, which is really nice paper. I've never known how to pronounce that word until right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're assuming it's right. Oh, yeah, I was going to say yeah. I think if anyone was going to know how to pronounce that, it would be Nick. I'll, I'll trust him on that. One. My fluent German. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so I quite I quite like this idea. It kind of opens it up to anyone that wants one, has a chance to get one. It's a little bit like that. There's um I forget what it's called now. Oh, it's a port pledge that, that Matthew Burroughs has done. Yeah, so, that's really nice. It's along that it's along that sort of line, but it just makes it so much gives it much further reach because most most artists don't have fifty or sixty thousand followers or however many it is that you guys have got. Yeah, so it's like it's it's quite a nice opportunity to give someone a platform to promote, to to sell, to do the dispatch, to do the printing. It's it runs nicely in parallel with the other one. Has it put you in a difficult position of now lots of artists are trying to contact you and getting on to get on board? We're getting a few, yeah. 
but just logistically we can't really make it work with more than one a week so um, yeah accepting applications for this plus we've just had like fifteen thousand applications for the open call so, uh, <laughs> fifteen thousand cool yeah got, got a fair more. through to get through yeah. Yeah. that's why that's why you've got the panel to go through them right <laughs> uh, for people who don't know Delphi and Gallery, can you tell us a bit about what you do, how you started, and about the open call and pioneering emerging art and stuff like that? Yeah, so we, well, I've been running Delphi and Gallery for a couple of years now, starting in 2017. Ben and I had known each other for quite a few years beforehand, and we just friends, and we used to help each other out with shows, uh, each other's shows as, through the years, and, um, and then we sort of decided to start doing it properly under the umbrella of Delphian. And then it also kicked off properly when Stuart Watplington at the print space, he'd built a, a website for a gallery that he wanted to start in the space there. And then he um, didn't have the time to run it. So he approached us and said, do we want this website? Because I built it and I don't know who to give it to and you seem to be doing good work. So he came and gave us that and we rebranded it and it had e-commerce built into it and stuff. And and then that's where it all sort of kicked off. And that was in 2017. I mean, I suppose what you do, you, you really sort of nurture and pioneer emerging art. And why do you think that's so important? Why do you think? And it's also a predominantly online gallery, isn't it? Yeah. So we don't have our own space. So I don't know. I think it's, I mean, space wise, I think it's good for us at the moment that we don't have a space because it, it allows a lot of freedom to sort of go to places that maybe wouldn't be possible if you did have permanent space. And also, because we're renting spaces a lot of the time, you can hire spaces that fit the work as well. So you can tailor them to the type of work you're showing or the type of art. So that's always good. With emerging artists, I think there's, uh, I mean, why why wouldn't you try and uh, <laughs> like give emerging artists a platform to do something? I think it's uh, everyone needs a leg up, don't they? And we're course, artists think, ourselves, aren't we? So Yeah, being artists ourselves, I think we just... We come at being a gallery from a different perspective than other galleries maybe, but just because we're, I suppose we're artists first and foremost, and we didn't set out to create this gallery that was going to take over our lives. Mm. It was just like a, we thought, let's just share some artwork by artists we love. And that's kind of just what we're still doing, really. So I think we, we aim to work with emerging artists just because I think that's what we're most excited by. Mm. Um, it's the freshest most exciting work and I think maybe I mean it's nice that you say that we're nurturing I think if we are that's because I suppose we're emerging artists ourselves because you know this this situation has meant that most galleries have had to move online but you already have that format not that it's worked in your favor but you were almost sort of prepared for this situation in a way yeah yeah we already had the following we'd put the been putting the work in for the last few years of building up an audience and a community I suppose yeah I think I think a lot of galleries treat social media is a bit of a sort of secondary thing they don't really take it very seriously and often it's like the intern or something that gets like lumped with doing the gallery's social media when it should be taken a lot more seriously I think and do you um, think this time has been a huge wake-up call for those galleries then yeah quite possibly yeah yeah I yeah. think it's suddenly everything's suddenly jumped onto line and and yeah. they're like oh shit <laughs> yeah, you can kind yeah, of see it a little bit you can see the galleries uh don't have quite a big online presence or don't have a of your online viewing room now really pushing it and there's emails pumping out every day now we're doing an online viewing room with this guy now we're doing this yeah, yeah uh, trying studio, to figure it out like, like remote studio visit as an insta story or whatever it is that's going on and it seems to be like gagosian are doing it quite a lot recently where i've got like stacks and stacks of unread emails from them it seems like every day they're doing something new online yeah and it's tailored specifically for you but no way it is because i've 
got 50 emails from them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think everyone's just um, trying to find ways of moving forward um, and continuing to have a presence and continuing to work. I think maybe we're a little bit more used to working outside of the traditional physical space model just because we don't have one. So yeah, maybe we're a little more prepared for it. Had, had you ever thought of having that traditional space and now this time has made you think, well, def- we won't bother with that then? <laughs> or did you? Um, yeah, I think like eventually maybe we want to get a permanent space, but... Um, oh, really? My... And this hasn't put you off? This hasn't made you think that's, you know, the world is changing too rapidly? Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, it's, I think this is probably a, like a bit of a, a test drive of uh, some other big things that will come linked in with uh, climate change and stuff in the next 30, 40 years. Lucia, how do you cope with Instagram and social media? And now that you've had more time, have you found not just producing work, but have you had more of a presence online? Yeah, absolutely. I think even process shots or being able to put like photos up during the day of on your story of like this is what I'm doing is so much easier because I've got the time like I didn't yeah. realize how much time was so important to so many emerging artists particularly right. those that work second jobs or first jobs um to sustain their practice um but I think this is really really pushed people not only me I think it's pushed loads of people I've seen amazing work come out of this how have you found Instagram in the past it's a it's a brilliant way it's I guess every artist's Instagram is almost like their own little gallery space within reason I've had time to work on mine but what I do quite like is like getting a bit of personality across not just having like work 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 work, work everything because I think yeah. you buy into the artist as much as you do Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. More so. Yeah, as important as I mean, do you think now it's a completely necessary tool? Yeah, I I, I do. Most of my art sells actually through Instagram and people DMing me, more so than my own website, specifically within like the last three weeks. Have you seen an increase in sales over the last few weeks? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if people are like trying to clock in, they're like, this is going to be a movement have you taken part in that artist pledge or they've just contacted you out of the blue it's the asking after work i've had a bit of both i did do the artist pledge and i have had people even like quite far back being like is this available and i with um, like guts gallery and stuff and i think that built my following so my following wasn't that great until about three weeks ago (laughs) <laughs> right. so it's all been positive for you so far more time to work everyone has edition out. What, what was quite good about the edition actually is so many people wanted that work and now i'm like oh, i'm going to get a print right yeah yeah <laughs> order it first. hit them up probably have gonna you, be edition one how deep have you gone in on it have you been a ma- mailing list or is, have you just literally promoted it by instagram and it's kind it. of been enough we just spoke about gagosi and how many unread emails i've got from art galleries and and the other thing is it can be in like the algorithms of email it can be confused with like this is a linkedin or this is this so it looks just looks like social media posts so it's never going to be read uh, how many have been released so far four so we we launched with four and then as of next week it'll be one new one per week how have they been received we've sold quite a lot so far yeah so quite a few so yeah well I yeah it's going well yeah people are mentioning it mm. as well art news put something up yesterday about it and yeah, like it's, yeah, it seems to be going well, so hopefully it'll continue. Do you guys have any more lockdown plans? Well, this is going to be like a fairly full-on thing to release a print every week. 
Um, we do have other things on the back burner, so we're writing a lot for. Um, so we kind of re, we've kind of got um, an online magazine, which we're updating a lot more often these days. Um, we're writing a lot of kind of lists of resources and stuff for people to use whilst they're at home. What else are we doing, Nick? I mean, we're doing our podcast still. Yeah, uh, the yeah. books, uh, the books coming out soon. So just going through design, about that. Yeah, design stages at the moment. Because when was when was that meant to be released? Uh, June, <laughs> June 24th, it was meant to be released, but we shall see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the original I guess in theory... part, by the way, was December 2019. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. That, that, that turned out to be massively too um, ambitious. Optimistic, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So at the June... moment, it's it's uh, it's design stages. So we got we actually got some um, some designs through from the publisher today. So they're looking really good. So we're Excellent. still like aiming for that deadline of getting everything printed and ready so that yeah. even if something happens, we're a lot more sort of fluid to be able to move with a new date as soon as possible. We don't have to wait for lead times and stuff. We'll just have them in boxes ready to go. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. we're basically our, we're, we're launching at quite an exciting space that maybe I can't say yet. But basically our, our launch, when we launch the book, will be dependent on when we can launch it there. Right, yeah, yeah sure. Working around their program as well. Can you tell us a bit about the book? Yeah, it's like it's um, I suppose exactly the kind of book you would expect to come from Delphian. So it's right. it's essentially a business book for early career artists, but it's um, it's written as opinion pieces rather than a how-to list. And so that I think there's about 31 maybe essays in the book, and they're all well, the majority of them are written by us, but then we've got about six or seven written by guest writers. And yeah, so they're all they're all opinion pieces and we've written it very much from the perspective of we're not experts in everything, yeah, but here is some stuff here's some stuff that we have learnt on our journeys and hopefully is helpful. I think there's a lot of these types of books that are how to lists and they're all written from one perspective. And we try to avoid that. Right. Does it incorporate a visual element to it as well? No. No, not at all. No. very nicely designed but um there's no pictures there. so i mean what are your plans after this are you kind of is everything on hold i mean are you sort of hoping things get back to normal in june and sort of planning to yeah i mean I, yeah everything's on hold at the moment we'll just try and pick up when it's uh, everything kicks off again but um and try and sort of run things roughly in the order they were booked before but We'll see. I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's so unknown, isn't it? It's hard to. Yeah. It's hard to tell. It could be. Could be up and running by June. Could be more like October, November. We'll see. And what will you be working on when it finally does go back to some kind of normality? Well, now the the order of the shows has slightly changed. So now Nettle and George will be first because we were the. By the time the lockdown started, we were we were the next thing happening in the Prince Space calendar. So basically, they've pushed everything back. So as soon as they can open, we'll be doing the Nettle and George show. Um, the Florence show in Paris would take a little bit more planning anyway. So that one will come probably after Nettle and George now. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also got the the book launch to kind of work in somewhere. We've got the open call um, group winners show. Then we've got the overall winners solo show at some point. There were all things that I think we have to do this year. Then we had another few shows mm. planned much further down the line that might have to get pushed back to 2021 now. Yeah. If everything's moving back. I think they're the four or, five, four or five things that have to happen this year, really. It doesn't leave much room for your individual endeavours. Your, mm. you know, <laughs> Nick's photography, no, your yeah. art. I've 
got um, I've had a few shows of my work postponed as well. Mm. And so what we usually do is we put we do Delphine shows every other month because we do six or seven a year. So we do yeah. Delphine shows every other month. And then I well, we work our personal stuff in between that. So now mm. obviously that whole thing has got messed up. So things are going to be overlapping probably. Do you, have, do you, have you guys done any live content for Instagram during this? I know you have done Ben again individually, but has Delphian as a... Are you doing the... Do you do a Saatchi Gallery Instagram takeover, Ben? Yeah, I did two. I've done two now, yeah. Okay, how were they? Yeah, that was good. I mean, they asked me to, um, to sit and do a drawing and also read and answer questions from people watching. And I didn't really anticipate how hard it was going to be to read questions, answer them, and draw at the same time. Uh, but yeah, it was fun, and it kind of it went, it went all right, I think. Um, I mean, they asked me to do another one, so I've done two. But yeah, man, it was good. Are you guys as Delphian planning on doing anything like that? Any live stuff through the... No, it's a little bit harder because we're in two separate places. If, we, right. if Ben was here and we were together, maybe... Like we could have done some stuff like that, but it becomes a little bit disjointed. It can be anyway, like yeah. especially with live stuff. Also, I hadn't really considered it as a possibility until you just brought it up right now. So <laughs> Brilliant. Maybe. Get on yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> have you three done any? No. Or have you planning? No, I mean, I guess this is it. It's the podcast. We don't really do... I mean, that's our only platform. At the yeah, moment. exactly. Again, I guess we haven't really discussed it if we wanted to do sort of, you know, Instagram lives of talking to artists at home and what they're doing during this time. I think we're probably thinking we want to focus it all towards the podcast at the moment. If people get bite sizes yeah. on Instagram Live, then maybe they won't sort of tune into the, the full thing. Have you found you're doing more podcasts now because you've got more time on your hands? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> <laughs> you released one today, right? And then and then now you're recording one. Right we were doing on Monday again before because we were so busy with other stuff and we it was sort of just getting round to getting us all together and finding an artist that we all wanted to speak to and stuff like that so we were doing them very few and far between and I think kind of being in lockdown it sort of spurs you on to just get on with the stuff that you you know that's kind of been on the back burner so, so I, think, I think it focuses as well like if, when that, you're, I think this will be the catalyst for us to be doing it more regularly so i know that you guys have you know you had the first series all done before you released it and stuff like that and we just you know when we started it we didn't have a huge amount of idea of, of what we were really doing you know so it was all a complete learning process yeah. and also this time has thrown up strong topics to kind of home in on so such as lockdown print editions or rca virtual show or you know there's other things popping up you know, day to day at the moment. So yeah, I was talking to Chris. It was, it was the first one that we've done that's been very timely. It was very current. I listened to that when this morning. When you people ask you, like, when you ask people, like, are you free? Everyone's free. No one's free. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to be able to use an excuse. It's like, what's your excuse to get off the phone right now? It's like they haven't got one anymore. Well, you say that. Nick does keep us waiting, actually. Nick, Nick has uh, <laughs> <laughs> has made us postpone right. quite a few times. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, He's very busy. He's a busy man. Very, very busy. <laughs> yeah, these potatoes don't peel themselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's managed to double double book a couple of FaceTime calls already. All right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Is anything um, online from Alan Christie? No, they've, they've, the last Jim Dine show, that's a completely online show now. And they're using the viewing room every week. They're 
picking an artist to produce to show new new publications or things and so a couple of historic pieces yeah and we've got like a julian opie edition that's coming out in a little while so it's all systems go just not as efficient as efficient as it would have been but uh yes yeah, it's, it's quite interesting watching a like, well-established gallery that's got its way of working all of a sudden yeah. try and figure out how else it's going to do it I mean, there's a huge amount changed. I mean, a lot of people have been talking about how the world and in particular the art world has changed as we know it, particularly for commercial galleries. Is there anything that's been implemented or anything that you can see from working in a commercial gallery that will be completely changed now? People are, I think things are just getting streamlined, whereas before it would be a conversation, it would take weeks and weeks and weeks for anything to happen. Like now it's happening at the end of the week. And there didn't need to be these three week, four week, like lead times for the smallest decision the stuff's yeah. happening tough stuff's happening the next day and it's up online and it's being promoted and sold so it's things are moving faster and i suppose they need to there's less money coming in mm. so well, working from home have you sort of had this revelation that your work can pretty much be done at home and at, at least 90 percent of it can but it's that 10 percent that i can't that's causing me so many headaches <laughs> <laughs> and, but, and yeah. do you find you always have to wear your course and uh headset when you're uh, working from home i've got a dog and i live near an allotment so there's so much noise all the time so the headset oh, right. it, <laughs> it helps it helps out did, you, did it. you drag that out of the early noughties that's the one mate yeah <laughs> but, um, rowan, rowan you need to get one of these for all this kitchen noise we keep hearing <laughs> that's true i'll yeah, take the piss man. but i haven't exactly got the ear pods have i so <laughs> i should perhaps shut my mouth have you noticed with delphian is there anything that has sort of dramatically changed or any way that you're operating that's changed that you feel will follow on into or after the lockdown um not a thing that i can think of to be honest no i i, I suppose a bit like Nick was saying, yeah, things happen a bit quicker. Right. Just because there's also nothing else going on as well. So you're like, you're not having to like juggle it between loads of other things. So you're just like, well, yeah, do you want to do that? Yeah, right then, let's do it. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, then, and then you just like put it into into play. So it's it's, yeah, it's, it's quite refreshing though when you when you look at something and then a week later it's already happening. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's definitely. Like, what, to be, it gives you to, to kick be up fair, the though, That is usually that is usually our approach. Like we yeah. don't. Sometimes we don't think things through that much. Like when we did, when we started the podcast, <laughs> I think I think I just went, "Should we do a podcast?" And then Nick went, "Yeah, all right." And then and then we were doing a podcast, yeah. and that was like a year ago. And then now we're still doing it every two weeks. Now we have to yeah. release the podcast. We didn't really <laughs> yeah. think you do it, it through. But we released fortnightly. Yeah. Yeah. You managed to stick to that through yeah. the yeah. entire run. Yeah. 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 Well, we record yeah, we record more than one every two weeks usually or like say we'll record three in a week and then and then we're good for six weeks so what was the time of coming up with lockdown additions to putting it out on the on the gram uh i don't know days, like, hours a couple of days maybe <laughs> we, we were yeah. thinking about doing the prints before so that was like maybe a week or right. two before that and then lockdown additions came up and we were like right yep let's do it and i think this is it. announced it a couple of days later and uh lucia you were saying that you work in an auction house is that right yeah, yeah it's I do. completely stopped is that have you been sort of furloughed or is it yeah um it's completely stopped i mean sales obviously especially where it's international with hong kong new york uh london mm. uh, paris is gonna stop um and people aren't 
as interested in buying art. So a lot of private sales will go up, but in terms of the actual auctions we had, um, it's, it's near impossible. What I do think is really interesting on the auction house side of things is online sales were never as um, like important as the other thing. I don't think importance is the word, but it, it didn't do as well. It wasn't as yeah. strong as other sales. But all of a sudden, online sales is where it, it all is. That's like it's inevitable, yeah. And having virtual galleries, like beforehand, it was such a shunned idea of uh, like having a virtual gallery. Oh, no, like people, it's tactile, people need to see it. Whereas now it's all of a sudden virtual gallery. But that's because I think it's going to change the way and the path for auction houses. And I think it's actually um, really helped lockdown a very archaic format. And there's been a massive shift there. I think galleries are going to, and the auction houses are going to have to adhere to the shift really because the way that the old archaic structural mm. gallery was going ahead, it was, it was, it's going to collapse. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, these these sort of shifts into online, although they sort of seem inevitable with something like COVID nineteen happening, it seems like a lot of people were trying to introduce these kind of things. I mean, we've just spoke about it at length with Chris, but in the education system as well, you know, this push to moving things online. But um, it feels like the people are trying to implement this already. Is that yeah. something that you have noticed? Absolutely. I think the auction house I worked for, work for is so they're really trying to push like this new innovation. Thinking outside the box, I just guess all the competitors are also going to be doing that now. So they can have to push harder, I guess. I quite like it, though. Like, uh, David Zwerner have a quite an interesting online platform at the moment where they're inviting other galleries in to to use their digital space. It's actually called Platform. Yeah, I've seen that. Is it, is it called Platform? I think it's called Platform, yeah. I think that that's a brilliant idea. I think that's... And they've done a similar thing when there was the... Was it a hurricane that they had before, and they ended up using their space for other other galleries that were that were that took a hit? I think what they're doing is is quite an exciting way of dealing with this on, an online platform, especially when a lot of the younger galleries don't have that infrastructure in the first place. I mean, with the art world, there's been a lot of sort of whataboutism, and I know that David Zwerner got some stick for the galleries that he'd chosen, and people were saying, well, you know, now David Zwerner is choosing which galleries stay afloat during this time. It's quite a weird phenomenon that people find seem to see a negative in people helping. Have you guys <laughs> at Delphi experienced that? Not yet, no. No. We did only launch it today. Maybe it's coming. Not yet. Get some hate mail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen anything else online that you've liked? I've seen, you know, um, such artist pledges of, being huge. Like, absolutely. Yeah, massive. I've uh, seen quite a small. few artists initiating projects themselves. Mm. So I've always been, and I think we at Delphine have always like recommended um, artists going out and doing stuff themselves, and that's yeah. we've dedicated a part of the book to that. And we, I suppose that's what we've done really in starting Delphine. And so a lot of um. I'm seeing a lot of young artists curating online shows and starting initiatives themselves, which is really nice to see. Any you can particularly remember? Would you like to shout out anyone? Um, yeah, there's one curated by um, Beth Rodway and Francesca Pinto. I think oh, yeah. it's called oh, yeah. Curated for COVID or something. Yeah, uh, yeah it is. Yeah, Curated for COVID. Yeah, so that one will be good for sure. We've exhibited both of them. Oh, actually, Nick, we have, haven't we? We've exhibited yeah. Francesca, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Right, start that again. So yeah, that one will be good. Um, <laughs> they're two artists that we've worked with in the past. And they both make amazing work. So I don't know who they've 
I don't think they, because that's an, um, an open call style thing, I think. So that, I'm sure they're going to choose some really good work for that. And um, what was the guts thing you were talking about, Rob? Oh, it was something I saw today, but I see you were involved with that, weren't you, Lucia? Yeah, so I'm actually involved with the Guts Gallery NHS as well. And they've got a few more other things like up their sleeves that's going to be um, coming out over the next couple of weeks. Um, but the NHS thing, it's it works on a really similar premise as Delphine's initiative, apart from it's £200 for an original drawing and then it's 50 split for artists and going towards PPE for the NHS. Great. And has that begun already or is that coming up? Um, so the launch is actually, well, the launch was about an hour ago. Brilliant. And every three days, I believe it's going to be a new artist going to be released. I don't know what the lineup is for it. I'm sure there's some. What, was yours an hour ago or is it coming up over the next few days? Mine's coming up. Right. Tell the people to keep an eye out. Well, by the time this comes out, this podcast, yours might be in the past. It might be. might be. That's true. Depending on how quickly we edit and... Uh... Release. <laughs> thanks for listening all the way to the end we hope you enjoyed that one you can get in touch with us by emailing us at artproofpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on instagram at artproofpodcast we'll be back very soon with new episodes with artist emma cousin and shepherd manyika 